Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the third Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better, the man and the legend, <laughs> Jeff Gargas. You had to throw the man and the legend in her to make me blush a little bit over here or what? I just wanted to get a good Jeff laugh. That's really what it was all about. <laughs> well, well, well done. Thank you. And for those who <laughs> may not have listened to the other two episodes, this mailbag episode, we reached out to our listeners and to ask for leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Boxer. And in the past episodes, we had a chance to answer five leadership questions during the episode. And I think that's what we're going to do tonight again. Like Thank it. you for everyone that sent out questions. Again, we got so many more questions than we could possibly answer. So thank you for everyone that submitted. Yeah. So Jeff, if you're ready to go, I'm just going to kick out the first question. Let's do it. All right. So this one's from Tiffany Alexander, and she reached out via Twitter at gr8 underscore teach. And her question was, what is the best way to empower and develop teacher leaders without making them feel bogged down? It's mm, a good question, Tiffany. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's it's a uh, it can be a almost a trap to sort of rely on those same teachers for everything, right? Again, and again, they start to become sort of your go-to, right? Your go-to leaders that you you sort of tap for like anything you have, whether it's a new project or stepping up to try out this new tool or this new idea or whatever it might be. And I think the the biggest way to do that is is honestly is look look for opportunities to give opportunity to other teachers, mm-hmm. not just to ensure that you're not bogging down the same teachers all the time but also i I think honestly you'll there's a good chance you'll find more leaders that maybe you didn't know were there because maybe the opportunities you've had so far weren't the right ones for for that one teacher you weren't sure was ready to be a leader or maybe the time that you originally went to then they weren't ready but now it's midway through the year and you have your three or four leaders that have been taking on everything in that fifth you know, that fifth man on the bench or fifth woman on the bench has like been waiting and given him or her that opportunity it could be the thing that they need to show you that they're a leader as well. So I think you can kind of, it's almost two birds right there, right? With one stone, right? Take, take a little bit off those onesies that you tend to rely on while also giving some opportunity to some other people and you never know what you might find. Uh, someone that maybe wasn't as quick to jump and raise their hand for something, but might be really good at what you're looking for. So that would be my, my initial gut reaction on that. Yeah, as an administrator, I think it's easy to fall into that trap to know that these certain people do a great job. And so if I'm starting an initiative, of course, I'm going to probably go to them first to say, hey, can you take this on for me? So it's going to be successful. And so I think as as an admin, it's very easy to fall into that trap and to lean on your people probably too much and not give opportunities to other folks that want to have that leadership opportunity. But then to Tiffany, I would say, if you feel bogged down, it's okay to say no. <laughs> like mm-hmm. to be honest with your admin and say, I I have all of these initiatives, all of these things that I'm taking on that I'm helping the campus with. I can't add one more thing without taking something off. And I think that's an okay thing to have that conversation with your admin because they probably don't even know that that's occurred. That's a great point. I think as an administrator, um, it's important to do everything you can to make sure your team knows that they can say that to you, yeah. that it's okay to say, hey, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I always tell our, you know, our team members or just our, my team in general is, look, uh, you know, the only thing I really care about is that they do what they say they're going to do. And mm-hmm. I think if, I, if you're ever to the point where I ask for something, you tell me you're going to do it, I expect it to be done. But if you can't do it, I expect you to tell me, hey, whoa, that's too much. I can't do this. 
or come to me midway through. That's fine too. Let me know. Hey, I thought I could do this. I was wrong. I can't. I need some help. That is so much better than getting to the point where it needs to be done and finding out that you couldn't do it because you were so overwhelmed. So that communication between your leaders and admin, admin leaders and, and everywhere across just in general is so important for that. It has to be open from an admin point. They have to know that they can come to you. And then also, yeah, on the other end, you got to be able to come to your admin and be like, no, that's too much for me. I can't, I can't keep doing that. So, I mean, as an aspiring leader, you want to take everything on yourself and you want to prove yourself. Yeah. Same point. You don't want to take too much on it and then disappoint your administration because then you're going to start getting a reputation of someone that's not following through. Or you're going to burn yourself out before you even get to the admin role, right? I mean, you're going to ruin the, the, the opportunity for yourself before you even get there. Yeah. So That's a great yeah. point. Great question, Tiffany. And so we're going to move on to question number two. And this one's from Ivan Tamayo. Hopefully I said that right. And his Twitter handle is S-T-E-S-T-E Bantam, B-A-N-T-A-M. His question is, what's your best advice for those moments when adversity leads your day? Well, Josh, you're a... You're an admin, so I think adversity leads leads your day every day. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say adversity is the name of the game for sure. If you are expecting to be a person to write a to-do list and check everything off on that list during the day, you're going to be sorely disappointed because something (laughs) somewhere is going to go wrong or there's going to be some adversity within your day that's going to usurp your your schedule. So um, I would say the best advice is just to own it. Because if I go into my day expecting there to be adversity, I don't know what that adversity is going to be, but I have the mindset of whatever is going to come into my path, I'm going to try and find the best resolution. That's going to be way better than saying, I'm going to get one through five on my list on no matter what, because that's just going to yeah. be a disappointment. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, you said it right. Own it, expect it. I think embrace it, learn from it. Mm-hmm. I think you need to look at that adver- adversity every day as every day you have the opportunity to lead. Every day you have the opportunity to learn and, and to push through that. So I think, yeah, you really, I think you nailed it, Josh. He's got to own it. I mean, it's the, it's going to be there. I think you can you can look for who are who are your go to people to lean on. Who is your support system for when you're having those days? Maybe when the adversity is maybe a little heavier than other days. Yeah. But yeah, you really need to be ready to embrace it, learn from it, grow from it, and look at every every challenge, every adversity as an opportunity to uh, to learn and to lead. There are times where after you go through that adversity, you need to just go into a room, shut the door and say, hey, did I do this all right? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, right. Can I cry for a second, right? <laughs> yeah, blow out steam, whatever, right? So, so yeah, I think having a support system in place is really important because once you once you embrace it and you go and you take care of whatever that thing is, yeah, you might need someone to, to vent to, someone to, to express your concern to or your frustration to or just, you know, but in, you know, you have that team that can help you, like you said, reflect on it and say, did I did I lead properly here? Did I do this the right way? Did I learn from this? Yeah. Am I think am I upset for the wrong reasons, or am I am, you know am I am I just in my in my frustration? And and that's going to allow you to really learn from all that that adversity and to grow from it and to, to be able to be a better leader every day. So, good cool, good question. Yeah, very good. All right, moving on to question number three. This one's from Alana Gilliam, and her handle is at Mrs. A. Gilliam. And her question is, as a teacher leader, I struggle with the negativity from other teachers. How, as a future administrator, do I help combat the teachers with negative outlooks on the school or students? Mm, This is a a pretty common one Mm -hmm. that we get a lot. Teachers who are just in a place where negativity runs wild and it's tough. And and you're never going to escape that there's always going to be 
there's always going to be teachers that are negative or there's going to be community members that are negative. There's going to be administrators negative. You're going to have friends, family, everything like that. And the best piece of advice I have is to listen to them, mm-hmm. like truly listen to why, what they're saying and then try to understand why they're negative. Why do they have that outlook? Something that I've that has really helped me in recent years is to, to realize and, and understand that negativity and like and hate is just pain. Yeah. It's just a way of expressing pain. And it can be a deep pain or whatever, but by listening and, and trying to understand why is this person negative? Why do they have this outlook? Where is it coming from? What is that pain? Why is that anger? Why, why are they expressing it this way? And then how can I help them? Now, that's not to say that you're always going to be able to, you know, depending on what it is. But I think understanding that can help you then potentially navigate through their negativity or bring the right the right amount or right balance of positivity to them or maybe address some of the concerns or issues um, and see if you can't uh, help them get out of that. And again, not that you're always going to be able to, but I think it's really important to have a have some empathy and perspective on where they're coming from and why why that negativity is there. It's I talk about this a lot when people talk to me a lot about uh, you know social media and they get that negative comments or or people you know bashing their school or whatever and things like that and it's you know dig deep into figuring out what, why is that there what's mm-hmm. going on yeah because sometimes sometimes it's deep and sometimes. It's- it's not, you know, you can't really fix it or it takes a long time, but sometimes it might be something that's just a miscommunication or a misunderstanding or, or just they don't feel heard. They don't feel cared about or someone did this and they thought, you know, it meant this thing or that thing. And they just need, you know, they just need to talk. They just need to vent it out and maybe you can help them around that. So listening, it's listening is super, super powerful in so yeah. many ways. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, once you listen, I think the other piece to it is once you find that underlying problem, because I agree, most times it's, like you said, an assumption or something's going on at home that they don't have control over. Or, you know, it's mm-hmm. usually something that has nothing to do with the, the conflict or negativity. Yeah. But once you address whatever that is or you find what it is, I think, you know, having the the leadership skills to say, okay, what is the problem? And now let's turn it and flip it on its head and find a solution because it needs to be a solution oriented building and what are you doing as a leader to to make that happen so it's one thing to have something that needs to be addressed but it's another to actually come to the table so like for instance on our campus it's like if you have something that you are not in agreement with or you're being negative about something then you need to come with something to the table as far as what might be a good solution and if you have built that onto your campus i think that's going to definitely help especially in the months where people are feeling it you know the octobers the februarys the mays <laughs> when everyone's ready for a break just remaining to keep that mindset yeah and then i think as a, as a leader also once you if you're able to get to that underlying problem and try to put some solution in place giving that person the grace to have the time to come away from that and not don't just don't stamp them with a negative person stamp right and this person is always negative right because that's it's what we're, we're very quick to say oh well, that's just you know, that's just Josh. He's always negative because you were negative for a while. But give that person the opportunity to change and and help them and stuff. And that doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time, especially if it was a, a deeper rooted issue. So good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Moving along to number four. And this one's from Tessa Levitt. Hopefully I said that correctly. And her handle is at Tessa A-R-H-A-E-4 on Twitter. And her question is, how do we inspire teachers slash leaders to take a risk and maybe fail instead of just doing the same thing year after year? Mm. You want to go first? I do. Go. <laughs> this is this is one thing I'm passionate about as far as with all leaders. I really truly believe that we need to get out of people's way. 
And education as a whole, we talk about not failing, but it's a system that punishes failure. And so as far as leaders go, I really feel like we need to allow people to embrace like new opportunities, new solutions, and literally say, yes, 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 get out of the way and see what happens. And so often that just does not occur in administration, does not occur on schools. It doesn't empower teachers. And so um, for that, I would say empower your teachers, empower your future leaders. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you got to support them, like truly, truly support them, especially when they fail. And I think you got to model the fact that you're willing to take a failure too. And I know model it, that's probably pretty cliche, but you do have to model. And I think from an administrator uh, standpoint, you can take risk as a building or as a district to show them that you're willing to do this too. Like let's, let's all take some risk. Let's talk about it. And I think a really important piece is to help them take educated risk mm-hmm. and calculated risk. I think yep. that, you know, there's a misconception. I, I, I do a lot of talking obviously about entrepreneurship and all this stuff. And I, I always tell a story about, you know, how Chad and I started to teach better and like when we got our first big client and this, you know, I, I, the way I tell it is this whole, we had no idea what we were talking about or what we were doing and we were just winging it. And the fact was we hadn't done it before, but we had thought long and hard about it. We really went through, we did our research, but it was all research based. It was all calculated. It's a lot more fun to talk about the, you know, leap before you, you know, how to do it, build the airplane on the way down, all that type of stuff. But a lot of people don't realize, and there's a lot of misconceptions about that, that actually like successful entrepreneurs take a lot of risk, but they're calculated risk. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important piece also here is calculated risk. That doesn't mean you have to have surefire risk, right? Things that you know are going to work out, but work with your, your, your staff. What are the best practices we can put in place so that we are not only taking a calculated and educated risk, but we're also in the place where we're ready to learn from that, whether it goes well or doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. So that the risk isn't just for risk's sake, but we're actually trying because this really does look like it's what's best for our students. And you believe it. Okay, great. What are we going to put in place to make sure that after you try this, we can assess how well it did and then learn from either the way it went well or learn from the failure that may or may not happen. I think that's really important as well. But I think without a doubt, the foundation of all that is what you said, Josh, is you have to be there. You have to be there to embrace it with them, support them, and make sure they know that you really do support them. You're not just saying that, but like when it all goes down, you're going to be there. You're going to help them get back up and help them do that and not penalize them for it. Because I think you're right. I mean, it is, it's unfortunately still a system in most cases that, that does not reward risk taking. It, yeah. it punishes failure. And that goes from yeah. leaders all the way down to the students. Agreed. We are already to number five. Are we already on five? <laughs> yeah. We're going to start doing 15. <laughs> <laughs> We're just knocking these out. That's why. All right. What do we got? All right. This one's from number Terrence five. Holly. Terrence Holly. You can find him on Twitter at Coach Holly T. And his question is, how does a teacher teach the skills of excellent leadership to his or her students? I'll let you start on this one. Not to repeat the answer, but I mean, model it, obviously. I think it's a big piece is model that excellent leadership. I think a big piece is understanding or trying to figure out, get very, very clear on what you consider excellent uh, leadership. But one of the big things that I would say is to not necessarily focus on being excellent or teaching excellence, but just be better. Uh, Focus on how do you teach your students how to be how to grow every day. Cause I think that's the true mark of an actual, like of an excellent leader is actually not an excellent leader. It's a leader that's constantly growing. Yep. If you look at the best leaders in the world, they're not just phenomenal leaders. They're just leaders that are always willing to learn every single day. Yep. They don't let the, they don't let the failures drag them too far down. They don't let the successes take them too high. 
and they just constantly are trying to be better every single day. And if we can instill that in our, our students, not only will they be better learners, but they'll be better leaders uh, someday too. I think that goes for students, for our teachers, for our admins, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Focusing on just being better every day, not worrying so much about being the best or being excellent even, I think is, is actually the key to that. No, I love that. And I think they, probably what we're going to say about how to teach leadership to students can also be said for admin to teachers. And I think a lot of the things that we've already talked about kind of coincide with this question, which is giving them support, telling them what are the characteristics to fight through adversity, and then also giving them the opportunities to take that leadership role. And I think for students, there's not very many opportunities throughout the day for students to be leaders. I'm just thinking back to the last campus I was on, we had a leadership group and it was one of my favorite programs to be a part of, even though I wasn't a teacher, I I tried to support them quite often. And, you know, we took them all over. We took them to the high school. We took them to elementary school. We took them to staff meetings. They, they actually presented team building activities with our staff. I mean, they just did, we just tried to do things where them leading adults, them leading tiny children, just at all ages, didn't matter. But it really was about the opportunity. What, what could we provide them that they wouldn't get within a classroom setting? And because of those opportunities that they did get, those new experiences, the amount of growth that we saw from the beginning of the year to the end was remarkable. Again, did they come in day one and they were an excellent leader? Of course not. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they failed miserably. They got so nervous when they had to speak in front of a bunch of people the first time they did it. But by the end of the semester or by, by the end of the year, they were so much more confident by working through mm-hmm. you know, tough experiences and, and being a leader. Good um, stuff. Good questions. These questions are awesome. So yeah. definitely reach out. We're going to be trying to do these uh, episodes hopefully often. Because I love talking uh, with Jeff. Hopefully but often. We are <laughs> looking at Twitter, Instagram, and Boxer. So if you are on those platforms, <clears throat> make sure that you shoot, shoot us your questions. Or you can just DM us too. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if you see the tweet or not. If you have a leadership question, reach out to us and send that out. And then as we have been doing, Jeff, I want to try and get an update with the Teach Better 20. And it looks like you guys <laughs> just announced another keynote speaker. We did actually. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up again. Uh, yes. Oh, this was an exciting one. I'm pumped about this guy coming. So we announced Dr. Neil Gupta coming out. Uh, if you don't know Neil, um, you can follow him on Twitter. If I remember correctly, it's at Dr. Neil Gupta and Gupta is G-U-P-T-A. Neil is, he's an Ohio boy here with me. He's actually the director of secondary education uh, down in Worthington City Schools, which is down towards Columbus. Uh, great school district. They do amazing things down there. He's on the board of directors for ASCD. Uh, he's on the board of directors for the Ohio Association of Secondary School Administrators, member of the AMLEA. Yes, a speaker. Uh, he's part of the Teach Better Speakers Network, speaks all over the place. My thing, though, beyond all that, once you get to know Neil, he is just, he will be your rock every day. He is just a guy that will pick you up, that will give you the the tough love you when you need it, the not so tough love when you need it, the advice when you need it. He's always ready for you. I, I joke, Ray and I actually we highlighted him one of our episodes not too long ago, and what I said about him is like we do a lot of work a lot of times in Columbus and stuff, and that's by, down by where he is, Columbus, Ohio. And anytime he finds out that we're here, he's like, "Oh, don't get a hotel, just come stay in my guest room. We'll get it all set up for you." And he's like, "He's just, you know, that's just how he is. Like, yeah. he's just that guy. Like, once you're a friend with him, you're family with him. He's just a good guy." He couldn't come out last year because of his duties with ASCD. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not gonna lie, that may or may not have been one of the reasons why we adjusted the date a little bit this year to avoid that. Um, but we're super excited to have him come up and and be and be one of our speakers, and and really excited for what he's gonna be able to share. Get yes. pumped about this conference, man. That's awesome. Get pumped up. 
And if you want to learn more about Neil, you can definitely check him out on the Teach Better podcast and on the Aspire podcast. He's been a guest for both, and he is a phenomenal mm-hmm. educator. So definitely looking forward to hearing him speak at the Teach Better 20 conference. And again, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the Aspire Mailbag. I'm absolutely loving these questions and being able to answer them with you. Dude, this has been a lot of fun. I really I'm honored that you, you've you asked me continually to come on. Questions are awesome. So thanks to everyone who keeps asking them. This is really fun. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. I hope, hope people are getting value out of this because I know you and I are having fun and we're getting value. People think we just come on and talk and share our answers, but we're thinking through this and we're learning because we're like, all right, let's bounce ideas. Let's talk. What are the things that people are thinking about? And that's really, really cool. So uh, keep them coming. 